Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
Eshuelegwana Kofi Were Awo Ono Utoni Iwo Ada Afan Bo Ofi Obatalami Ita Ni Ebo Onilio Abani Shu Eshu is the respected elder who flogs, confronts, uncovers fools. That one verse in mysteries uses truth to own you. He causes scattered to feed poverty. Obatala shakes rascals to have sacrifice. The owner of warnings is the one who is Eshu. Abohu, aboye, aboshishe, ashe. May I ever reach a room. May I ever be accepted. May our evil allow what we desire to come to pass. And so we say, Ashe. Divine, all blessed greetings and salutations. You are now sitting live with the Divine Prince, Pan-African spiritualist, practitioner, author, and advisor, Elagun Oloye Hudu Obeya Bokor, sharing with you in all things spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, universal, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing, and holistic from a pan-African hoodoo world spiritualist perspective, understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veil, for it is all just an illusion and a test and one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. This is my constant prayer, my mantra, affirmation, reverberation, reiteration, and indeed it is my ever-living reality. All is a blessing is crucial to the very foundation of my inner standing, my teaching, my walk, my work, ultimately my demonstration along this divine, all-blessed life path and journey. It is how I, the Divine Prince, make sense out of all that we are challenged with here in our daily existence on Mother Father Earth, and it is my personal place of power and inner standing, the place from where I begin, the place from where I realize and crystallize all my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine destiny, and I and I alone create and co-create my divine, all-blessed reality. And so it is. Celebrating the legacy. Celebrate the legacy this January 17th, 2022. We know this as the federal holiday of King Day, the day that we acknowledge with closures, (laughs) you know, forced governmental closures. But indeed, we know that Dr. King's birthday is January 15th. All of my studious and uh, erudite astrologers listening among us. So today I am emanating and vibrating with you and for you. And indeed, I am broadcasting live, virtually, verbally, cosmically, quantum universally, from this working temple of the House of the Divine Prince. High potions, Hoodoo Central in this legendary, historic, beautiful, and most enchanted city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana, the land of my ancestors and those who came before me along this spiritualist Hoodoo Obey a Life Path and Journey, passing down the great Obia sticks along with the knowledge of the life-giving herbs, 
roots, plants, rituals, spirits, minerals, and indeed the legacy, culture, traditions, the history, the telling of our sacred story. Our sacred story. Please do stop and like, follow, subscribe, call a friend, call a friend of me on all platforms, and always share. Beloved, I certainly appreciate your continued support, listenership, and active participation. Please stop and remember to breathe and breathe again and acknowledge that the black woman is God. The black woman is God. The black woman is God. You are all men. Therefore, I am, and you are born to create God. We are born to create human. We are not born to We are not but we are born human and move through a growth process, an evolutionary process on our way to maturity and adulthood. We indeed are born gods and goddesses and grow and evolve and develop on our rejourney, rejourneying, rejoining our crossroads with the divine creator that indeed exists in us, around us, acts through us. No matter what the illusion of an issue, a block, a competition, a competition might look like. And often in that 90 days that defy physical limitations, defy it, defy it. I have a good friend, some of you know, gets around primarily on his knees and, and does, uh, travel and get around and, and sees no limitations, no barriers to his existence. And indeed a god, a goddess, sees and experiences no barriers to their limitations, no barriers to their ability to create and recreate a reality that mirrors our best interest that mirrors the face of the divine creators themselves. And of course, on any day, on every day, and particularly a day like this, we acknowledge those great and mighty shoulders of ancestors of whom we stand, of whom we have our very being, our very body, our very purpose in many cases. We acknowledge those ancestors in Yoruba. We say, Egumope, oh, Egumope. Oh, ancestors, we call you. Ancestors, we call you to give us life, to give us love, to give us liberty, to give us freedom, to give us God consciousness, to, re- to rebind us to that which is indeed encoded upon the very DNA coding within each and every one of us. Just as our ancestors exist within that magical and divine coding, so too does God and the divine creator exist within the divine coding. E by E, Arisha, Moji by Arisha, and greetings, beloved Arisha, you and yours. Blessings upon your house today as well. Dog Soul I love my New Orleans baby. I love my New Orleans 
Come on in, baby. Greetings and salutations to you and yours as well on this special day. And yes, I want to talk about this special day. And listen, this isn't about your position in the man. This is about your position in the legacy. This isn't about your acceptance or your lack thereof, though we will discuss a little bit of that, you know, lack thereof, you know, in a context befitting of our continued ongoing discussion. Speaking to Ado, the African descendants of our enslaved ancestors, and the voices of Black America in spirituality and religion. Why would we not? continue this conversation on the day that we acknowledge a man that many acknowledge for not just his political and activism position, but his religious position. And certainly in this space, in this shared sacred space, we all don't agree on religion. We all don't agree on Christianity, on Islam. We're all not going to agree on Malcolm's position versus you know, or, or in concert with, uh, I, I, I need to stop saying verses and as opposed to, in concert with Dr. King's position. And we will talk about that as we continue our discussion about trauma bonding, how that shows up in our voice or our lack of voice, in our attention to fifth chakra energy or lack thereof. We all know people who have excessive fifth chakra energy. They they speak and talk from the time they wake up to the time they lay down at night. Not to say how much time they dedicate to listening, inner listening or outer listening, but but just speaking and talking and, and hearing themselves speak. And then we all know someone who just doesn't speak enough in all the ways that we communicate doesn't seem to have a voice, doesn't seem to feel empowered at their vocal level, doesn't seem to know what to say or, or who to say it to or how to bring that forward. So indeed, I celebrate and acknowledge the legacy. I celebrate and acknowledge the legacy. And in the continued story of trauma bonding, the term trauma bonding was coined by Patrick Carnes, Ph.D., CAS in 1997. We talked on the last episode about how new much of the language that we use today in therapeutic circles and social media circles and in pop culture is very different from my parents' generation, the 30s and the 40s, my um, uh, generation, the 60s and the 70s, you know, those who came after me, the millennials and and others, you know, the 80s and the 90s. Certainly the language has changed, has evolved over the the decades. And Carnes is a specialist in addiction therapy and the founder of the International Institute of Trauma and Addiction Professionals. He shared the theory of trauma bonding in a presentation called Trauma Bonds, Why People Bond to Those That Hurt Them. Carnes defined trauma bonding as dysfunctional attachment that occurs in present danger, shame, or space 
trauma bonding has evolved in a whole new way. We can do a whole other show on how trauma bonding has shown up in reality television and in our music and in uh, many art forms as representatives of art mirroring reality uh, as reality continues to be the foundation for why we create and build upon art. And art is not far removed from science. Often the finding a solution, a fix, an improvement um, comes from a socially desired want, need, uh, something that needs to be fulfilled at the communal level, at the grassroots level. So indeed there is room for open expression of our trauma in a way that did not exist in in prior generations. All types and all manner of, of trauma. And certainly we would expect new solutions, new uh, therapy, new medicines, new ways of healing these ingrained trauma patterns, which often form the foundation for generational patterns that sometimes we class as generational curse manifestations in the trauma bonding. So there's a level of trauma bonding in the movement, no, no matter which phase of the movement you're examining, we often excessively focus to some degree on the civil rights movement, but there are many degrees to the movement, not just the civil rights movement. The black power movement would be a part of that. Uh, the soul movement would be a part of that. and sort of the, the coloring of all things black and, and then subsequently all things American with, with this soul paintbrush uh, that we experienced in the 70s and, and probably ended right around 78. 79, uh, as the uh, Republican, Reagan, materialistic, capitalistic, uh, excessive uh, generation began to sort of take root. So even in our desire for change, for activism, for grassroots building and, and, and organizing, there's that trauma that brings us together. There's first the, the illusion of the problem, the illusion of the block. Greetings, the infinite one. Thank you so much for your uh, consistent attendance and love and support. Rowan Redison, I don't think I've seen your name before, but hello to you as well, beloved. Thank you for being with us here today on this special day. Uh, for my new listeners, we are continuing discussion about the trauma and how we uh, manifest, uh, but we are also continuing a much broader conversation about the voice of so-called Black America, the voice who indeed speaks for Ados, and I, and I choose Ados because I want to uh, put quotations around the African descendants of the Middle Passage, the African descendants of our enslaved ancestors here in America who 
indeed suffered um, a, a degree of um, Stockholm syndrome, trauma binding, um, traumatic disorders of, of all sorts because of that that journey and indeed that experience that still shows up in our DNA coding. And so even as activists, there's a benefit to being able to be empathic, to be intuitive, to be sensitive, particularly in a society that doesn't always seem to be uh, as advanced, as progressive as we would like to see them be uh, when it comes to change, uh, freedom, liberation, you know, for all people. The uh, grassroots folks often have to be able to see beyond fuel and empowered their degree of commitment to activism and activity and, sh- and, and change that affects not just themselves personally, but indeed everyone. Martin Luther King Jr. first became a prominent voice in the civil rights movement in 1955 when as a new pastor in Montgomery, Alabama, he agreed to head the Montgomery Improvement Association. Uh, once in 1955, the same year as um, uh, the lynching of, um, oh, wow, why would I get a brain freeze? I've been watching so, so many documentaries about, um, oh, wow. I talked about it in the last show, y'all. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. Uh, the young man who left Chicago went to to uh, Mississippi and ended up getting lynched, and his mother uh, basically started a, a movement within her own right for a greater degree of uh, acknowledgement and respect for Black lives in in that in that time. But I don't want to digress too much from off my my topic. It'll come back to me in a minute. But similar time period. So the organization was formed to coordinate the Montgomery bus boycott, prompted by the arrest of Rosa Parks for refusing to give up her bus seat to a white passenger. I want to talk a little bit more about Rosa Parks' story today as well. Uh, We often say Rosa Parks, and she wouldn't give up a seat. Rosa Parks and the bus. Uh, Rosa Parks and Barbershop, the movie, you know, and Cedric the Entertainer, you know, sort of making the the, the comment that all she did was, you know, sit her black ass down. Uh, But there's so much more even to Rosa Parks' story uh, leading up to 1955. Strong, legitimate argument and reason for why people would seek to demonize her story and her legacy as well. King was the primary representative for the group during the boycott and was able to succeed by using protest strategies that involved mobilizing the African-American community through their churches and utilizing the nonviolent protest methods of Indian civil rights activist Mahatma Gandhi. As civil rights protests spread throughout the South and eventually the nation, King continued to combine peaceful methods of protest and his theological training to work towards the goal of equal rights for African Americans. On August 28, 1963, 
King participated in the March on Washington where 250,000 black and white people rallied in support of the Civil Rights Bill that was pending in Congress. Near the end of the day at the foot of the Lincoln Memorial, Martin Luther King Jr. made his now famous I Have a Dream speech. His words echoing the Bible and the Constitution express hope that his dream of equality for all people would someday be realized. I think it's also important for, you know, that spirit that just has to be controversial, that just has to uh, uh, throw salt on on any uh, movement, any uh, accomplishment, feels, feels they have a right to use their voice only in the pursuit of uh, being adversarial and often adversarial uh, without a solution, without a blueprint, without a plan, uh, without an option. I think it's important that we also take into consideration, including Coretta Scott and her family, but also go into the So how we animalize and dehumanize and reduce to the most carnal level of our our animal nature, any leader in our uh, last, I don't know, 700 years uh, of of history, world history, uh, and particularly here in in the West, uh, is a gin, it's an adversarial game that ultimately the goal is just to maintain confusion. Uh, When it's much more conscious, uh, we think of things like COINTELPRO, uh, uh, COINTELLIGENT, COUNTERINTELLIGENT program uh, created by, you know, the U.S. government to break up these very organizations in this very time period uh, in history, it's very easy to oversimplify these stories and reduce them down to 28 days in February, to reduce them down to, quote, unquote, black history, to reduce them down uh, to stories that are easy for the telling and retelling to, you know, minor children, but really leave out the details which are important to result-oriented work while we should feel even more empowered each and every one of you right now in this present moment in time space to speak a reality into existence that indeed mirrors our best interest. Malcolm X first became involved in the civil rights movement when after a stint in prison he turned his life around and aligned himself with the nation of Islam. Now his siblings had written to him in prison, exposing the beliefs of the new religious movement, which preached a complete separation of the races as the solution to the problems faced by black Americans. It preached self-reliance, non-destructive behavior, strict discipline, and advocated for the eventual return of blacks to Africa in order to truly be free from white supremacy. In 1950, a fully converted Malcolm placed his birth surname Little or replaced 
his birth surname Little, with X, explaining that X symbolized the African family name that he would never know. In his autobiography, he wrote, for me, my ex replaced the white slave master name of Little, which some blue-eyed devil named Little had imposed upon my parental forebearers, quote and unquote. While both men emerged as prominent voices in the civil rights movement, and, and again, we know that there were many, many others who fueled them, whose shoulders they stood on, who supported them, who uh, motivated them in many cases. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X differed in their philosophies and approaches to solving racial inequality. King's promotion of nonviolent direct action efforts for complete integration and the achievement of full civil rights ran contrary to that of his fellow activists and many other organizations that existed at the time. Malcolm X promoted complete separation of the races rejected any form of integration, and opposed King's philosophy of nonviolence as a means of protest. Malcolm X equated King's nonviolent philosophy to being defenseless against white racism. The two men also differed in matters of religion, which heavily guided both of their philosophies at that time. We know that both of their stories evolved as we gained access to their family retelling the story, uh, people who were close to them at the time retelling the story. And, and of course, as you know, historians and documentarians and archaeologists and, and, and so forth go through and, and pick through all the available uh, information, we know that both of their stories and their positions evolved. But for us, represent uh, um, a spectrum of voices and actions that we all could and should be taking today, January 17, 2022, for, for our own liberation and for the continued liberation of, of our community. Dr. King, a Christian Baptist pastor, led the Southern Christian Leadership Conference and preached his message in churches. Malcolm X was a convert to the nation of with King, his philosophy of nonviolence, and why King believed that it was the best method to enact change for the African-American community. King at the time explained that nonviolent direct action is a method of action and a method of acting to rectify a social situation that is unjust. And it involves in engaging in a practical technique that nullifies the use of violence are calls for nonviolence at every point. That is, you don't use physical violence against the opponent. I think that nonviolence resistance is the most potent weapon available to oppressed people in their struggle for freedom and human dignity. It has a way of disarming the opponent. It exposes his moral defenses. It weakens his morale, and at the same time, it works on his conscience. He just doesn't know how to handle it, and I have seen this over and over again in our struggle in the South. Clark then addressed the differences between King and Malcolm X, calling attention to the fact that Malcolm X had 
criticized King's method of nonviolent opposition by saying King's philosophy plays into the hands of the white oppressors, that they are happy, happy to hear King talk about love for the oppressor because this disarms the Negro and fits into the stereotype of the Negro as meek, turning the other cheek sort of creature. King replied, I don't think of love as a weak force, but I think of it as something strong that organizes itself into powerful, direct action. Now, this is why I try to teach in this struggle in the South, that we are not engaged in a struggle. That means we sit down and do nothing. That there is a great deal of difference between non-resistance to evil and non-violent resistance. Non-resistance leaves you in a state of stagnant passivity and deadly complacency, where nonviolent resistance means that you do resist in a very strong and determined manner. And I think some of the criticisms of nonviolence or some of the critics fail to realize that we are talking about something very strong and that they confuse non-resistance with nonviolent resistance. While King did state the differences between himself and Malcolm X, he refused to debate with him publicly at the time, not wanting his work to be jeopardized and thrown into a negative light by one who was all too eager to do so. For his part, Malcolm X publicly denounced Martin Luther King many times, calling the preacher a modern-day Uncle Tom, stating that by teaching them to love their enemy or pray for those who use them spitefully, Today, Martin Luther King is just a 20th century or a modern Uncle Tom or a religious Uncle Tom who is doing the same thing today to keep Negroes defenseless in the face of an attack. And in the time, Malcolm X would become less confrontational with King and his philosophy, due in part to his growing estrangements with the Nation of Islam. Tensions grew when Malcolm X and the leader of the Nation of Islam, Elijah Muhammad, differed on the nation's response to a shooting of a nation member by the Los Angeles Police Department in 1962. Malcolm X demanded action while Muhammad advocated caution and patience. The disagreement came to a head the following year in 1963 when it was revealed that Muhammad had been carrying on extramarital affairs a serious violation of the Nation of Islam's strict teachings. Dismayed by Muhammad's hypocrisy and realizing the nation's limitations due to its stringent doctrine, Malcolm X broke with the movement in 1964. He publicly acknowledged Dr. King wants the same thing I want, freedom, this, was, this new perspective prompted Malcolm X to arrange a meeting with King, but the meeting never happened. It was scheduled for Tuesday, February 24, 1965, but two days earlier, Malcolm, Malcolm X was assassinated by Nation of Islam members. In a letter to, to Malcolm X's wife following his assassination, King acknowledged their differing philosophies, writing, and I quote, while we did not always see eye to eye on methods to solve the race problem, I always had a deep 
affection for Malcolm and felt that he had a great ability to put his finger on the existence and root of the problem. He was an eloquent spokesman for his point of view, and no one can honestly doubt that Malcolm had a great concern for the problems that we face as a race, unquote. And I find it interesting, the similarities between, you know, things that came later, the voice of spoken word, uh, uh, poet, um, rap, and then hip-hop, the differences between the voice, you know, of the church, sort of moving uh, more from a, a grassroots sort of perspective to a prosperity ministry sort of perspective. Uh, And and then that continued voice as it shows up, you know, today. And then I also said I want to talk a little bit about uh, particularly Rosa Parks. Uh, There's a documentary I watched on Hulu called The Rape of Racy Taylor. Um, I know the young folks are saying the grape of, you know, so that their stuff don't get censored and all that kind of, you know, nonsense. But uh, it's the rape of Racy Taylor, R-E-C-Y, Taylor, uh, in 1944. Now, when African-American wife and mother and uh, uh, evangelical Christian, I believe she was, Um, as well, you know, at that time was raped. I believe she was on her way home from church, if I'm not mistaken, on her way home from or home to. um, I don't have the story right in front of me, y'all. It's a documentary. Uh, And I didn't take notes, so I'm kind of trying to pull from my memory. Um, But... um, it may have even been censored on my Facebook page because of those that four-letter word. But it is available on Hulu, and it might be available on Amazon. And they accused her, you know, of being a prostitute. They accused her of, you know, all sorts of ungodly things that um, since the beginning of the mindset that fueled uh, first the uh, East African slave trade, and and then subsequently the West African or or mid-Atlantic slave trade, you know, the idea that uh, somehow the black woman was uh, to be used and abused and and violated, you know, there was always some reason to invalidate the story of a black person of, of 1930, 40, 50 I dare say it, it continues to some degree even to uh, the present. Thank you, Emmett Till, uh, Rashida D. I don't know why I had a brain freeze on his name. Um, tr- trying not to lose track of my story. That's why I had the brain freeze. But thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but whether it be the men or the women, anytime they take a strong position, greetings, Dominic Rogers, greetings, beloved, there's always sort of this ministry or anti-ministry to attack, to demonize, to dehumanize, to uh, find their faults if there's any that that exist. And so we know that has been done with every leader and certainly 
um, it has been done um, to some degree with Rosa Parks. And so this documentary is important because it really goes into great detail about who Rosa Parks was prior to. And that was one of the things Rosa Parks did is that when a black woman was attacked, um, great uh, for the census, um, lynched, um, chose her to do that job, to do that role at the time and how confident uh, that they were, you know, that they were, that she was going to fulfill that role. I think our conflict, you know, going back to trauma bonding, you know, as children of Eidos, descendants of Eidos, you know, is in language and and we, we continue to evolve and change and rearrange language. You know, Uncle Tom, we don't see that word the same anymore. Um, House nigga, field nigga, we don't see that, you know, the same anymore. Enslaved is enslaved is enslaved. Uh, House didn't make it any easier for you. It certainly didn't make it, you know, uh, any more uh, independent for you uh, to to be in the house, to be uh, associated certainly with the house. And our language has evolved often because of movements that fulfill a need in a particular decade, in a particular time period, um, and, and certain language is developed to motivate the community and to activate the community. And you learn new words, you know, like uh, gaslighting is, is, is a new word, you know, that almost everybody is finding into their vocabulary now. You know, we learn new language. And then sometimes we use that new language as a tool of showing just how much more advanced we are than the next person. And we do it in religion. We do it in, in, in grassroots organizations. We do it in how black you are or, 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 or not black enough, you know, how religious you are or not religious enough, you know. And so this inner language that I talked about on the last episode is you know, the power of our divine minds are able to repeat our own vocabulary, our own inner dialogue at at a repetition of thousands, tens of thousands, you know, per minute, as opposed to, for example, how, how fast can I speak right now? How many words can I speak right now, you know, in the course of 10 seconds or 60 seconds? You know, of course, you can go back and speed up this audio tape, you know, and, and, and maybe capture. But but that still doesn't compare to our ability to either reinforce negative inner language or reinforce positive inner language. So every time we call somebody else Sambo, there's those three fingers that are pointing back to your own inner consciousness, your own inner Sambo, or how you feel you relate 
or, or don't relate in, in your positioning, in, in that word. So I think it's important for Ados and the children of, of, of our enslaved ancestors to not only, you know, reclaim our, our own politic and our own economy, you know, and our own livelihood, but, but our own language and our own way of, of viewing ourselves. And, you know, Marcus Garvey and Dr. King and Malcolm X and Coretta Scott King and um, uh, uh, Queen Mother Shabazz and, and many others have just been a diversity of rays you know, of the same rainbow, rays of the same light source that show us all that we have an opportunity to speak, and particularly today with our, you know, accessibility to technology, our accessibility to dictionaries and thesauruses and and, and the world to be and to create the platform most resonates with who and what we are and who and how we see and view ourselves in any given moment in time space. And I offer that even those of you that you haven't figured it out or think that you ain't on that journey, you are. You are. It's already showing forward in, in what we say. It's already showing forward in what we don't say. It's already showing forward in in our ultimate demonstration or, or lack thereof. It's all demonstration. It's all demonstration. And it all speaks to someone starting with ourselves about who we are in the reality that we live and, and coexist within each and every day. So, you know, some of us celebrate the man and, and indeed celebrate the man if that's your heart's desire to do so. But I, I, I certainly celebrate the legacy and understand, you know, the reach of the legacy, legacy extends so far beyond the individual. But certainly that network of communities, that network of voices, to include those who spoke in opposition, Indeed, opposition can be a, a, a strong motivating factor. Indeed, um, negative commentary can be a, a strong motivating factor for some people. Am I right? Infinite one, one lives. Am I right, Tasha? Sometimes, you know, not sometimes, always it's a motivating factor. It either motivates us to stand up in more of who and what we are, and say and believe, or it causes you to take another option, another course of action, which may not necessarily mirror your best interest. You know, there was a time we got along to get along. Some of you still are going along just to get along. You know, some of you are still getting in where you believe you fit in. And, and, are struggling with the illusion of a struggle that we create and recreate the reality of the get-in. No one creates that for you. No one gives that to you. No one offers that to you. We create and recreate that reality with 
with every moment, with every thought, with, with every energy output, with, with every word, with, with our demonstration. We create and recreate that reality. We indeed are the product of our ancestors. Now, I heard somebody, you know, one of my church sisters say, oh, you know, but they gave us diabetes and can Okay, well, that's the human condition, the animal condition, the carnal condition, the physical condition, of which all things in nature, you know, exhibit some form of change and, and dysfunction and and evolution and need for healing, you know, and, and, and things that no longer serve us die off or, or we stop using them and, and, and develop new things. And so we're all a living product of those who preceded us, all of us. And not just the movement, <laughs> you know, we're also a product of, of you know, many wicked works of great and powerful leaders worldwide who also fed into realities that we subsequently had to find our way through, that our parents and grandparents and, and, and elders and ancestors had to navigate just so that we could be and say and do exactly who and what we say and be today. I'm always grateful, always humbled. I always have to acknowledge the time that you all take to be present with me here at high noon U.S. Central Standard Time on so many platforms beyond just Blog Talk Radio and StreamYard, but certainly blogtalkradio.com forward slash the hyphen divine hyphen friends. And certainly on my YouTube page at youtube.com. For like David T-Y-E. All the other social media platforms and sites, all places where you're able to uh, connect with me, I'm certainly indeed grateful. I'm grateful to each and every ancestor, leader, activist, known and unknown, who carved out this space for us to be and say exactly who and what we are in this present moment in time. Not who and what you were five minutes ago, not not what you, you plan to be, you know, five minutes from now, but indeed who and what we are in this most active and present moment in time space. For indeed, it's in this present moment that the magic happens, that the magic lives, that we have an opportunity to create and recreate the reality, that we have an opportunity to choose, that we have the opportunity to make a choice. And so continue to be proactive in your choosing. Continue to be proactive in your choice that mirrors your best interest, that mirrors that mind creator that that exists indeed with for those of you who are dealing with weather, my apologies. <laughs> We're dealing with weather 
as well here in 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 New Orleans. It's uh, unusually cool, though not so much right now in this present moment. But it's cooler than we would like it to to be. Uh, I think right now it's probably 53 now, 54 uh, degrees uh, right about now. So I know there are regions of the country. I have family and friends listening, uh, blood relatives listening, uh, peers listening. Uh, I know it's something you would love to have where you are. You know, our 54 feels like 52 right now. And then I think tonight we probably won't dip much below uh, 40. Uh, yeah, 40, 42. At 5 a.m. it'll be 42, and it'll feel like 42. So um, we're grateful. We're grateful. Uh, I'm prepared for next weekend, however, this coming weekend, I should say. I think Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, we might see 30 at night again, which is very unusual for our region. Uh, I normally have to take extraordinary measures with my uh, my garden. My garden is well ingrained um, in in place, insulated. So I don't have to put as much over my garden as once upon a time that I did. And and some of my most um, needed staples. Uh, keep coming back no, no matter what. So I'm not necessarily having to put blankets and winter sheets um, over everything as much as I usually have to. But, um, and particularly if it's only going to be, you know, freezing one night and then come right back up. Uh, it, it's not that big of a deal. And so I'm grateful. And so I don't want to complain. <laughs> When I have family and friends and people listening to the sound of my voice that are dealing indeed with sub-zero weather uh, in the teens and zero and below zero and particularly that eastern seaboard, east coast, from Chicago to, what, the Carolinas maybe. So uh, I'm with you. I support you as I know many of you are with me. Uh, I have some in my community who are always concerned about my heat in the winter and my AC in the summer, and I'm and I'm grateful for that. I really am. I'm grateful. Uh, it's been a really powerful uh, power lunch, revolutionary hoodoo, New Orleans hoodoo secrets and recipes. I certainly appreciate that. And certainly those who. Uh, notion to call in or turn their webcam on uh, on the occasion. I'm certainly grateful for you. I'm certainly grateful to my community, my house, my godchildren who are actively doing the work. You know, typically actively means I'm, I'm getting an email from them at least every four days. Some of them a little bit more frequently, some of them a little not as frequently, but certainly I'm, I'm, I'm getting active communications from them, and, and they're doing the work. And you stand as examples to those who sometimes, you know, can't see beyond the illusion and the struggle to the work. Um, this isn't uh, easy, you know, the changing of the guard, the changing of the lifestyle, the changing of the way we 
uh, see and view ourselves and each other. And it's often something that's done generationally um, at a slow pace. We've been moving at a rapid pace since, you know, really since the first or second world war, uh, technology has moved at, at a extraordinary pace. Uh, and so humanity and, and the capacity of our minds has to keep pace um, with that action and that activity and continue to reorganize itself uh, to be more efficient as we move deeper in space-time and, and away from linear time and understand the durability and um, shelf life of content like this that we share. So I, I, I appreciate each and every one of you. I look forward to your email requests and your appointments. Um, I'm almost completely away from old technology. I'm kind of more geared towards Skype. I'm sorry, not Skype, but I still use Skype, but um, Zoom. Zoom is just the newest thing. <laughs> and so I'm able to do some things virtually with Zoom uh, that I've never been able to do. Uh, before in terms of consultations. And so I'm moving away from uh, phone and to some degree FaceTime and Skype and some other technologies and have really been embracing uh, Zoom. And its ability to assist us in the documenting and recording of our work. So please enjoy your day. Do the work. I don't believe Dr. King would have suggested that we enjoy the day or take a day off. Uh, maybe you plan, maybe you organize, maybe you share with your family and, and your young people planning and organizing about ways to uh, leave a greater footprint, ways to speak with a greater voice, ways to make a bigger impact with all that's available to us in 2022. So until next time, I look forward to sharing this space with each and every one of you at high noon U.S. Central Standard Time on a diversity of platforms. All is truly and indeed a blessing. And always remember to respect the voodoo. Respect the voodoo no matter what you do. Respect the voodoo. Congo Square. The Omus Indians, the Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. A sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. The Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. Congo Square, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. And as the colonizers came, our hosts, the Omus Indians, they pushed aside our hosts. The colonizers came and pushed aside our hosts and introduced us in chains. And by the late 1700s, we somehow, recognizing the sacredness of Les Places de Congo, 
We somehow and the how of our somehow persuasive methodologies is not clear at this moment. The how is not clear. How our persuasive methodologies worked is not clear at this moment. But nevertheless, even as slaves, we crafted and created a space where we could be free to be we. And thusly, thusly we countered the sacrilegiousness of the French, giving great homage to our ancestors as well as giving praise and thanks to our red-blooded brothers and sisters. This is an oral libation toast to Congo Square, to Native Americans, to our ancestors who made a circle out of a square and gave us a way to stay ourselves, save ourselves from the transformatory ugliness of America, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life and celebrates death with crosses and crosses, double and triple crosses, the middle passage, the first cross, Christianity, the double cross, and capitalism, the ultimate triple coup de gras cross of our captivity. But the terror of crosses notwithstanding, we sang, we beat, we be, we was and is. Hail Congo Square. Congo, Congo Square. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated inside the beat of us. Inside the beat of us, our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated, retreated inside the beat of us until we are ready to release them into a world that we recreate, a world harrowed by the beat, be, beat, being, beating, being of black heart drum, heart beat, heart beat. Heart be at this place, at this place be heart be be we beating place in new world space, beating being in place in new world, preserving our ancient pace. Our dance is the God walk, our music the God talk. First thing we do. Let's get together, circle ourselves into community. No beginning, no end, connected together. And singing, ringing, singing in a ring. Second, let's be original, aboriginal. Be what we were before we became what we are. Be Bambula dance. Be Banza music. And sing song words which have no English translation. Third, let us remember 
let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. The bounce, the blood, flow, the feel, the spirit, grow, energy, must retain and pass on the essential us-ness that others want to dissipate, whip out of us. But no matter... No matter how much of us they prohibit, no matter how much of us they prohibit, deep inside us is us. Deep inside us is us. Remains us inside and needs only the beat to set us free. The beat to free us. It is morning. A sun day, a feel, a feel without shade, but dark, dark with the people black of us in various, various, various shades, eclipsing the sun with our elegance. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember, to beat, to be. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember. To beat, to be, beat Congo Square, be Congo Square, beat, be, beat, be. Remember. Remember.